Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Lions in the raw. That was a good win. I'll yeah. take a boring bass win. You can boring win me all the way to February at this point. No more talk, no more waiting on time. Lights are up and it's showtime. Showtime. Welcome to Good Morning Gallahorn in the Raw. This time with Dave and Ted over here as we wait on Drew. Drew had some business stuff to take care of. Ted, how you doing tonight? This good, let's go. Let's go. If I was any better, I'd be against the law. Ah, good. What did you think of that Vikings victory? It's a win, boring win. But a win, and I'd t- I'll take a boring win over an exciting loss, like uh, like we saw with the Saints at Ooh, the end of that 49ers game. That was a heck of a finish. Oh man! Yeah, and uh, obviously I, defense didn't plan on showing up for either team on that game. You no, know, one of the reasons I thought it was kind of boring is because it it you know the score was fairly low, twenty to seven. But I, I thought the Vikings had control of the game mm-hmm. the entire time. There was not one time I thought. Geez, I think the Vikings might be in trouble. They they seemed and they didn't score a lot early, but the defense really showed up big. Um, the offense got points and and they didn't. Not all of their drives ended in points, but they didn't go three and out either. And I thought that was a big part of of today's improvement as well. So, yeah, it was it was kind of boring. I mean, like midway through the third quarter, I I almost fell asleep, and I got two <laughs> of my grandsons here. And I'm kind of watching them. So, uh, yeah, it was just it was just a win. It, you know, it's a win, and it, wins are hard to come by in the NFL. I, I say it almost every every week that the Vikings do win a game, um, but but it's much better to win and, and keep pace with Green Bay, who struggled today against uh, the Washington Redskins. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll take it any day of the week. Oh yes, and in the second half, they obviously played not to lose, which drives us as fans absolutely batshit crazy but they didn't lose and they only gave up that final score in garbage time towards the end the defense absolutely looked fantastic today whether uh, you did you notice that uh, Xavier Rhodes was benched for the first half and Hughes was playing I did that was a statement I I, uh, I'm glad to see that uh that happened 
Uh, I mean, it was definitely a message was sent to Rhodes. And I thought Mike Hughes played very good football early. He had a couple of pass breakups. He uh, looked pretty good on, on a couple of punt returns. And then they yes, brought Rhodes in. And then, yeah, and then Rhodes came in. And I thought Rhodes did okay. I, I, I mean, the defense as a whole played very good football today. And then on that Harrison Smith interception, I think it was Rhodes. It looked like he twisted his ankle. I don't think it was a well, I thought hit. it was a thigh bruise. It, well, it, it looked – I mean, if you look at the replay, I, it, yeah, we'll find out. We'll but, find out. It was one of the two. Yeah. Drew punting. There he is, Drew, the man punting. Nostradruski, who called at least four sacks and got it. Can you hear me? Absolutely. Yep. You can see me too? And we can see you. Wow. Hear me. <laughs> Drew, welcome to the live show. What hey, did what's you, going on, guys? Not much. What did you I think? Sleeping, those... I was putting kilos away. I mean, I was putting... <laughs> Sorry. What did you think of those four sacks you called? Well, I called for four sacks and then two turnovers. So I don't know if uh, – do we end up getting four? I thought we had three. No, we, we had, had four. four. Well, we had I, thought one. They had, I thought they had five sacks. Hunter well, they had may three. have had five. Hunter had three. Um, Griffin, Griffin had, had one. one. And then I think somebody uh, – was it Odin Igbo? Somebody else had one. Ah, got to look. Got to look. Got to look. You guys talk while I look. So cool. we, we kind of remember our, our red challenge, red flag challenge in the preview show. We, we said um, uh, you said something about the Vikings getting sacks and turnovers. I said ah. something about the Vikings coaches making really good decisions. And Dave, what was your red challenge? Flag challenge? Defense communicated. And I think all three of those things happened today. It's like it's like they watch our show. Yes, it is exactly like they watch our show. <laughs> Let's just keep telling ourselves that. <laughs> no, we were all pretty close on that, I will agree. That was, uh, uh, we kind of tamed it on the spicy hot takes. But, you know, I think the defense got back on track today. And you can say it was a third-string quarterback, and you can say it's the Lions, but it's an NFL team. NFL teams are, you know, it's an NFL team. you got to play it out. So I was pretty impressed with how the defense came out today. Well, well, that and that that third string quarterback, like we also mentioned in the in the preview show, ah, threw for two hundred eighty yards against the against the Bears defense last week. So, um, you know, and and the Lions in recent years, Kenny Galladay and the, Danny Amendola, they've they've had good games against the Vikings in the past. So it was it was nice to see the Vikings defense start the game strong. They went, I think, three and out the first series. I'd have to relook, uh, but they had a shutout until late in the fourth quarter when, when the game was, was well decided. So I, I liked it. I, I just, it was, I was telling Dave right before you came on that it was a boring game, but I'll take a boring win over an exciting loss. Like we saw with the 49ers saints finish today, any day of the week. Mm -hmm. We had to take care of business. We got it done. I can't really uh, find a lot of thumbs down about this game. Maybe the only thing was that third quarter offense that, that and I know, and I, they were in their play to not lose mode, were, which drives I, us all crazy. I would yeah. like to be a little more aggressive. I know Ted, Ted and I kind of look at that differently. That doesn't really bother him as much as it bothers me. Well, probably not a lot of things. I'm a Michigan fan. A lot of shit bothers me. But <laughs> you know, I was counting. I was watching the game with Kyle from his bed. I set up. We set up a TV here at the house mm -hmm. with with the laptop pointed towards my TV so Kyle could watch it from the hospital. It was pretty cool, dude. Oh, that was awesome. That's really yeah, nice. 
So we were kind of talking back and forth when the third quarter started. We had the three and out, then we had the three and out, then we had a one first down and out, and then we had another out, and we are going, this is why we don't win four. Can we win the game 45 to nothing? I yeah. mean, <laughs> yeah. But it didn't hurt us, so I don't want to sound like I'm just like bad Drew ripping on the team or anything, but that kind of bothered me. You know, I, I really thought um, – I, no, I, I agree with you there, Drew. It's, and 17 nothing at halftime. You know, we've seen – heck, the Vikings did it this year. 17 nothing at halftime in the NFL is not an insurmountable lead by any stretch of the imagination. Not at and all. I, I thought the, real, the Vikings really blew an opportunity to, to come out. They got the ball to start the second half because, you know, they never received the opening kick. <laughs> and, and go down the field and, and you know, if, they, if they'd have gotten a touchdown there and just the, – the look, the game was over, but, but you never want to give a team that, that struggles like that. A little like bit that. of hope. A bit of hope, exactly, because because the next thing you know, hey, Detroit gets a fluky play and they're in the end zone, and then the offense goes three and out. And the next thing you know, you got got yourself a football game. Like you said, it didn't happen, but I thought the Vikings missed an opportunity to really put the game out of reach early in the third quarter. That that is exactly right. I mean, why why even Detroit wasn't moving the ball? I mean, it didn't hurt us because Detroit wasn't moving the ball. You put a better offense out there, and that seventeen nothing lead is gone, and it's mm-hmm. not. The three and outs. I know three and outs happen, guys, but those plays, the first nine plays of the second half were awful. Just awful well, plays. And there was one, it was third and ten. Oh. I can't remember it was the second or third series of the third quarter. It was third and ten, and the Vikings ran it to the outside. I'm like Right. I, I just it just felt like Zimmer said, Well, the Lions offense isn't gonna do anything, and until they proved to me they can, I'm just gonna eat the clock and, and get out of here with the win. And, and that's I, what he did. I don't think you play like that. I, I, I think, thought it was too. I thought it was too early. I really did. I, I thought they really still needed to be a little bit aggressive. I, I didn't. I thought the Vikings' offensive line did, for the most part. I know Cousins was sacked once, but I thought for the most part they did a a a textbook job of setting up the perfect professional NFL pocket for him to throw in all day. I mean, the Lions were getting very little rush on him, and I just thought they could have been a little bit more aggressive throwing the football down the field. Uh, we have a watcher. Rhino says we need a dominating win like today. Hopefully it gives the defense a little momentum going into the game in Carson next week, which he will be attending, the one against the L.A. Chargers. Do you think this game helped our defense? I do, yeah. Oh, sorry, go ahead. It's certainly better to play better to go into another game and come off what we went off Monday night. Uh, the Vikings showed a lot of really good things on defense today. I thought they pressured more. I thought their intensity was a little more. Um, I think they were rallying to the football a little more. And it just seemed, um, like I said, overall, I was pretty happy with the performance of the defense. So I think they only had like 100 yards going into the last quarter, right? I mean, we shut them down kind of. But but uh, that's a step forward in the right direction. I don't think they're there yet. We did get five sacks, by the way. Three for Hunter. One for Griffin and one for Jaleel Johnson. It was Jaleel Johnson that got the sack. Okay, that's as many sacks, Ted, as we've had in the last three games. Five. <laughs> well, and and the thing um, uh, with with uh, with the Viking sacks, they, the the one thing did you see Hunter set an NFL record for most sack, youngest player to hit with 50. fifty sacks in the history of the NFL on his on his first sack today. Like that is. And I don't know if you guys saw the graphic of of guys he beat out, but we're talking guys like J.J. Watt, um, just elite, the, yeah. elite players in the NFL. So, yeah, 
that was a great day for Hunter too, who's going to be a blue chip stock, by the way. Good. <laughs> In case anybody was wondering, he should be. Cole quit should be another one. I don't want to see Ham running on third and one anymore. Sorry, guys, I'm done with that. <laughs> it kind of reminded me of Matt Asiata. You know, years ago. That was, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I want to bring up the bad parts of the game. Let's talk about that. When you have a well, you second, want to talk about running backs. Line. I mean, that really frustrating drive, man. That was re- then we then we had the false start when I texted you. I was like, ah. but the, you know, it's waves. It comes in waves, comes and goes. But uh, we got the win and did what we had to do. You want to I talk- will say. I will say that 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 play you're talking about when they had it was what third and one from the four or fourth and one from the four, and they decided to go for it, which I love the call. And we froze. Where is everybody? Right here. I'm right okay. here. Okay, you came back. It got a boop. It's got to be Skype, solar storms, or something. You went fourth and one from the one, and we're froze again. What the heck is going on? Must be the Russians or something trying to block our signal. Because we are still live, going out, and you guys are frozen. Whoa. Not good. And it's frozen on the Skype end. Wow. All right. Well, what I was going to talk about was Madison and how good Madison was running today. And I love that hurdle. Absolutely, nobody saw it, and he his attitude when he runs, I just absolutely love it. I would like to see more people run like that. Oh, <laughs> I love this technical problems. Um, oh, and there they go. Skype was the one that bit the big one. It is Skype, the people. But we are still here. We'll try again. No problem, because we are not finished. Hey, there we go. Hey, you're back. (laughs) I have no idea what's going on, other than I kept broadcasting over Ecamm. You guys dropped out, but you kept in touch with Skype. So it's got to be some Russian or Chinese plot to keep the As long as the FBI is after you, not me. Keep yeah. the best post game show on the air. Yeah. Off the and, air. NSA's looking in on this on this three way call right oh, now. I'm sure. <laughs> what were you saying, Ted, about that first drive in the third? No, I, I agree with you. I, I I really thought that was. I, I couldn't agree more with what you said. I, I really thought this is the opportunity where you go up seventeen nothing. They scored right before halftime, and Zimmer always preaches scoring right before halftime, and then coming out, getting the ball to open the second half, and going down and scoring is is, is a huge uh, swing in the game for the team. That I'm very surprised that he didn't do that. I, I just, yeah, I thought they went way too conservative way too early. Because, you know, they, they, they want to concentrate on running the ball, and the Vikings running game was okay, but both Madison and Cook only averaged just over three yards of carry. There, there wasn't a lot there for them, and I, I thought with the way they were running the ball early, they were getting some yards, at least Cook was early, getting some yards and chunks, and that, that kind of just – went away uh and and they had what 120 some yards rushing on a three point two for the way this this game was first off for me it was about the defense everybody's been harping on the defense been up their ass giving them shit this is it was a defensive how the defense came out of this game is the most important thing offensively it felt really sluggish 
even though we're we it seemed like we were putting up a lot of stats and then I look at the score and it's ten to nothing. And I'm going, this thing should be like twenty four to nothing. I thought the first half they were pretty good. I, they didn't they didn't do a lot of three and outs. They didn't punt. Oh, they were they were, they were able to. Oh, go ahead. No, they're, I was going to say they're moving the ball, but they weren't getting any points out of it. Yeah. And, and there we go again. What is this? It's got to be solar storms, something. You you can't have multiple three and out drives either. And I thought the Vikings offense, uh, yeah, I would have preferred more scores, but at least uh, they were able to to get some first downs and keep the Lions in an in unfavorable field position. So that I'll take that. That's fine. I, I, I agree with that. I agree. It's just, you know, when you're playing well and you're moving the ball and you're getting first downs and you're piling up 250 yards in the first half, you'd like to see more than, you know, but they did make that last drive with a minute left. I thought that was kind of the turning point of the game. I, I was expecting to get in field goal range and then we hit that long pass to Diggs and I was telling Kyle, I go, if we come out of this with a touchdown, we kind of cheated that last drive. I would argue that was the best two-minute drive of the Mike Zimmer era. Really? I, I think so. I mean, because how, how many times do you see on, on first down on, in a situation very similar, you'll see Cousins hit Rudolph or, or maybe Irv Smith or, or Cook or somebody over the middle for 10 or 11 yards, and instead of calling a timeout, they run up to the line and burn like an extra 20 seconds o'clock, mm-hmm. and you're like, what are you doing? And, and, now, and now they've taken, they've taken a touchdown pretty much off the table unless it's a big fluky play. Uh, and they have to kick for a field goal. I, I thought they did a great job of managing the clock. I thought they did a great job of using their timeouts, and and they did a, a phenomenal job of play calling Stefanski dialing up uh, the big play to front to Diggs on a, a great catch and a, um, to get them down to what the four, the five, whatever it was, to get them in position right. to, for for Cook to score. It was. It was a good win. Good solid win. They didn't. You know, it seemed. It could have been a lot worse than it seemed. And you, you could call it a boring game, even though no Viking games are really boring. But they kind of took care of business and didn't have any implosion times. They had a few too many of these, but I hate these. So, <laughs> you know, that. Well, and there were some that weren't called, too, that I was screaming for. Holding on digs when Kirk Cousins just bombed it over to. And it went way over. And people were like, wait a minute, what? And then you look back at the replay and. Diggs was literally hugged, and there was no call, no called holding, defensive holding on that one. I, I thought that was the most poorly officiated game this year that, that I've seen the Vikings play. Walt Coleman. Walt Coleman's crew. Yeah. I mean, not only it, it seemed like you know you when they would come in, <laughs> when they would come in and huddle, it'd be like Walt would be going to his guys and be like, "All right." Uh, Minnesota's getting a little momentum. Uh, let's throw a flag, make them punt. Or hey, Detroit's got something going here. Let's uh, let's throw a flag. And, and then and then they had those two completely blown calls. The one, um, the one call that Zimmer challenged. Uh-huh. I, I can't remember who caught it for the Lions, but How it was did a clear drop. Hit the ground. And and the and the side judge was looking right at the play. How how did you not see the ball <laughs> and hit the ground? <laughs> Open I mean, and and there was and then there was another play that uh they blew for the lions they were going on that on that long drive that ended up in the in the prater knuckleball um <laughs> knuckleball. that was a banana slice Woo! 
telling Ruby, I go, is there a 400 mile per hour wind that just blew through? What the <laughs> They just opened the doors at that point in time. That son of a bitch has made like 80 field goals against us. So screw yeah. you. <laughs> but but I, if you guys remember on that drive, uh, a Detroit guy caught a ball. I mean, he was clearly in bounds, and they called it a no catch, and it had to be reviewed. You remember that play? I mean, just that was just basic incompetence, man. I, I mean, just I, I'm so frustrated with the officiating in the NFL, and it clearly in bounds. Yeah, oh, he was clearly in bounds. Yeah. All I'm thinking is, is whack, whack, whack. Here we go with the 20 minute delay over something that should have never. You know, should and, and it should have taken five minutes to review. What I mean, t- oh yeah, we blew that one. Okay, mm-hmm. but no. So no, I, I don't that the the two plays that you just mentioned, they're looking right at them, dude. Yeah, <laughs> Coleman. Uh, how, I well, mean, those are those are well, basic calls referees need to make. Let's Walt Coleman's got the highest percentage of penalties per cruise in the NFL. Yeah. He's they call around twenty a game, so they like doing. It. I mean, just here, here's a. I'm going to lean in and send a little tip to the National Football League. We're not, we're not here to watch a referee call penalties. We're here to watch people play football. You're not it, Walt Coleman. Put the flag up. Absolutely. Hey, we got William watching for us, and he said, this is the most stress-free game he has watched all season. <laughs> yeah, it was. Enjoy it. We get like one every three years. Maybe this is what it's like to be a Patriots fan every week, beating the Jets and the Dolphins. <laughs> uh, it was, you know, we may have gotten frustrated in the second half because they were playing not to lose. But, yes, it was a relatively stress-free game after they went up and the Vikings were walking all over Detroit. We just wish, at least I wish, I would love to see that 45 donut game that we know they could do, but for some reason, Zimmer never wants to. You know, you got to have that. I was kind of rooting for the shout-out merely because, you know, I know you got to let them have the yards and you're playing the clock and you're playing some prevent and you're letting them catch it and you're going to tackle them and keep the clock running. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. But when you go for the shutout, I think they should just run the same blitzing defense. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. Let them try to get the shutout. Don't put them yeah. in a position where they're gonna shutouts are big deals to guys, man. Well, how about how about speaking of blitzing and and being aggressive? How about being aggressive to start the game for the Vikings defense on a young uh, on a young inexperienced quarterback? I I fully expected them to just kind of sit back in a in a soft kind of a soft coverage zone and just see what he was able to do before they made corrections. They went to the Vikings credit, they went right after him and got him off his game early, and they. Uh, sacked in my first series. That's when Daniil Hunter got his first, first sack. sack. Yep. Yeah, I thought that was just a great, aggressive game plan by the Vikings defense. I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Let, I, I think they need to see more of it. Let me ask you guys this. We talked a lot last show about the interior of the defensive line and not getting any push against Seattle. Did you see a better push this week against yes. – I did, yeah. I did. Johnson play a little better, but let me – So did guys Linval. Yeah, okay. Joseph – I thought Joseph had a decent game. I saw him – Making a couple of uh, stops for little to no, little to no gain in the running game three or four times. So yeah, I, I thought I thought the interior defensive line played a lot better today than they did last week at, at Seattle. When Blau rolled left and Daniil was chasing him, and Daniil ended up with a sack where he shoved him to the ground. You watched Linval come up and keep him from 
going around the outside, and then Lindvall took the angle while Daniil kept chasing him, and you could see in Blau's mind the little thought bubble going, damn, this guy's fast. But the only reason Blau went backwards or parallel line of scrimmage and aft was because Lindvall was there and had already penetrated and caused problems. That, yeah. That was sweet. That was a good, that's a good eye. That was, I actually rewound that to look at what Joseph was doing because he wasn't running upfield. And I go, what is he doing? But he was protecting that backside. I thought it was a really, it's really cool you point that out because that's a, those are things that the defense usually doesn't get any praise for. Mm-hmm. Um, no, he did exactly what was right. That middle pressure is vital, guys. we got to have that week in and week out. Especially when you have defensive ends as good as Hunter and Griffin because if you can, if you can push the middle uh, and force a guy outside, unless he's a really athletic guy like mm-hmm. Russell Wilson, um, you're nine times out of ten you're going to get a sack. And that's exactly what happened today. It was, it was a great effort by the Vikings defense. As much For as maligned as they have deservedly been over the last – six or seven weeks, uh, the the quote-unquote old Zimmer defense showed up today, big time. Yes. I, lo- I loved it. Love to see Still it. Still about to see, like, Scarborough Fair getting those five-yard runs on first down. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of that. Down on that. I don't want to piss in the parade or anything, but there's still a little bit of that too much going on. But overall, this was a great bounce-back game for the Vikings defense. Yes, and if they can keep this up going in the last next three games and then rolling into the playoffs – we're Don't where say we want to be. <laughs> no, we're not where we want to be. We want to be winning. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. But some of the most interesting stuff we find online is the product of a single person. When you're working on your own, I think there's this beauty of being able to come up with an idea and then implement it then in that moment. You don't have to have permission from someone else. There's no red tape. In the Vergecast series, Solo Acts, we'll get to know these people, the tech they use to get stuff done and the obstacles they face trying to compete with the giants. Some people that I talk to and my friends are like, you know, your competitors are Zuckerberg and Musk. Like, aren't you kind of like afraid of that? Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our Solo Acts miniseries now in the Vergecast feed, anywhere you find podcasts. And there we go. Solar flares again. Boosh. Taking out the satellite. Skype connection lost. Reconnecting. Yes, that's a Skype issue. That's what's popping up on my screen. What's wrong with the Skype thing, man? Why does it have so many flaws? Uh, it's it it literally could be solar weather. Where, where is where is the Grand Poobah Christopher Gates? I know he's at work today, but he could tell us about solar weather. Okay, hey, Dave, you you heard a theory called Occam's razor? Yes. Yeah. What what's 
the most probable cause or that what's the most simple explanation is probably the most probable well, cause or whatever. Yes. Yeah. You, you can say solar flares or you can say dude running the computer really isn't sure what's going well, on. It could be except for I've or, or solar flares. 400 gig down. Solar and flares launched by the up. Illuminati. Funded uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> by the Bilderberg group. <laughs> the Controlled by the NSA. Yes. The Bilderbergs. And the NSA is watching us. <laughs> we were what, eight, seven, and one last year. So damn, Zimmer's yeah. gonna get your contract out of this. Hey, we're <laughs> nine and four, tying the best win record for Kirk Cousins with nine wins. Really? And then Kirk Cousins, I didn't think did anything extraordinarily upsetting. <laughs> upsetting. <laughs> Right? He played well, for the most part. Hey! <laughs> Sounded like Dan Pastore at the line of scrimmage. Excellently! Excellently! Dan Pastorini, there's a name. Dude, I saw, I got, I had a really tiny conversation with Pastorini the other day, talking on Ed White's thing, yeah. How? How do you know all these guys? No, Ed White knows it. He knows a bunch of old football players. They always comment on Ed's artwork or whatever. And I saw Dante Pastorini, and I'm going, there can only be one Dante Pastorini, right? That guy was a fantastic quarterback, man. He was. He was. Yeah, he was. quarterback. We always bring up the 70s. William asked this question, did Zimmer's defense really show up, or were they just not tested? I think they showed up. I mean. Showed up? Going into the game, I, what was the what was the stats for the Lions' offense coming into the game? They were really good offense, weren't they? It was just the defense was, that was terrible. They were seventh in the league. Yeah, three. Wait, you guys have the numbers in front of you. The Lions averaged three hundred and seventy-seven yards a game. What did they get today? Today uh, they had one hundred and sixty-one. Let's see, Blau had two hundred and five. Team one hundred and sixty-one on passing. Rushing, they had 70 total. So they had a grand total of 231. Which is way the hell less than 377. And they, they only averaged, Detroit only averaged 3.4 yards per play. Mm-hmm. 80, they ran 67 plays. They had 231 total yards on 12 drives. That's going, no matter who you're playing. Right. Sure. And like I said, they were seventh in the league offensively coming into this week. So, mm-hmm. what I think is impressive is I can do math after drinking multiple IPAs. <laughs> yeah, multiple IPAs, but it was solar flares that knocked you off the line. Okay. That's right. You'll see it. And there we go again. Yes, I love it. It's Skype that's bopping off. Anyways, <laughs> got to get rid of Skype, dude. Well, Skype is what we use. However, with that, it's about time we wrap this puppy up. What are your final words for this game, Ted? Good win. Um, I- I'm glad. It was nice to-, to watch the Vikings win a boring game and be in control. I-, I thought from the opening kickoff to the final gun. Just need to keep the defense where they are. This is, you know, we said the last four games are going to tell us what this team is made of <laughs> and-, and how people are going to perform. In the- and I-, I thought – the defense for the entire game and the offense for a good part of the game 
both played very well and they played complimentary football. And if, if we can just keep this going through these last three games, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting run in the postseason to see what what they can do. Yeah, next week we've got L.A. Chargers in L.A. at the that's the three game afternoon game, the three twenty-five Central Time slot. Big trap written all over, but we'll discuss that during the week. Yes, yes we, we will. will. Drew, what last words do you, know you have? I really don't have anything to add after that fine soliloquy by Ted Glover to wrap up the show. But I will say four words. Blow, blow, Viking <laughs> Skull Vikings. I want to thank, thank everybody for joining us. We'll see you on Monday. Watch Daily Norseman for all your favorite content. And Vikings win, Vikings win. Yeah, baby. Bye, everybody. I'm Neelai Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.